So we've all seen on Facebook, Twitter, not Facebook, get on Facebook, on Twitter, Instagram, right, uh, Snapchat, the hashtag relationship goals. And, and here's the thing that cracks me up about, about the relationship goals thing on social media. It's like eight out of ten times that you see it, um, it's, it's like one of these. Wes, give us the first one. Anybody know who that is? Corey, Corey and Topanga. Boy Meets World, now they're back together on Girl Meets World. Uh, right, okay, Corey and Topanga's one you see. Wes, give us the next one. All right, Ross and Rachel, if you're friends. I know Friends is, is a little older, but uh, it's, on, it's on TBS like a million times a day. So it's on Nick at Night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ross and Rachel, Wes, give us the last one. All right, this is, I know. See, this is after my time. I don't know about this, but uh, Troy and Gabrielle. I, honestly, it, when I saw that picture, if the caption wasn't there, I'd have had no idea what their names were because this is so after my time of watching, you know, yeah. I know it's High School Musical, but I don't know their names except for the caption. So, yeah, I know it's right on there. I, I saw that. But uh, here's the thing. The problem with, especially with these three, but even a lot of the ones you see, even in some of the pictures in that video, is that most of the time when you see relationship goals online, they're either false, like fi literally fictional, like from a TV show, or at best, they're staged, right? Like you can tell, okay, that's not really how they live their life. They just set up that picture, okay? Right? And sometimes, maybe it is real. Something, you know, there's like 1% of them that are real life, like they actually happened. But the, well, no, well, here's the problem. That's only half of their life, right? You don't see the bad days in their relationship, right? We don't post that relationship goals. It'd be really funny, though, wouldn't it? What if we posted this? What if, like, this one? We got into a fight. He hasn't called me in three days. Hashtag relationship goals, right? Now, show that one. You don't see that one. Give us the next one, Wes. We got another one. Sleeping on the couch tonight. I told her that dress does look fat. Hashtag relationship goals, right? So even when you see relationship goals that are real, that's not the whole story. That's only part of the story. And it cracks me up when I see those ones that are fictional, like from a TV or movie. And I've never actually responded to them, but I always want to because I see like relationship goals and it's whatever, Troy and Gabriella. And I'm like, so you want a fictional relationship? Because that's fiction. Like that's a movie. You want a fictional relationship? That's your goal? And if y'all have done that, just know that's what I thought. When I saw, like, your Twitter, Instagram, that's what I think because that's the way my brain works. Um, but we don't want fictional relationships. We want real relationships. Say what? You just want to sing in the rain with a guy and have him twirl you around. Okay, well. <laughs> I just want to spontaneously burst into song at high school graduation, you know. It would be great. Exactly. <laughs> is there a, uh, she stands yeah that I've seen that in a football there's some football movie about that 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 happens in I think it's the same dude isn't it all right anyways okay so let's get back on track a little bit because that got weird uh that that turned sideways we want a real relationship right we don't want a fake relationship in fact that's an insult right you fake that's what we tell people you're fake okay we don't want that we want the real thing we want a real connection with somebody and, and what we want and what we were created for is a real relationship with our creator, okay? We're created for a relationship with God, with Jesus. In Genesis 3, and I don't have a scripture out there for this one, but uh, 
The Bible says that God was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. It's like this. You guys have that friend that can just like walk in your house and you're not surprised? Okay, some of you guys have that. Depends on your parents a little bit. But Brad, when I was in high school, Brad would just like walk in, grab a Dr. Pepper out the fridge and sit down with me. He would. He would. He would just do it all the time. And see, that was the relationship that Brad and I had. I was never really that surprised. I was like, oh, I didn't expect you, but cool. That's kind of how it was in, in Genesis 3 when Jesus or when God shows up in the garden with Adam and Eve. They're, now, they're expecting it, and we know they're expecting it because they're hiding. So they knew he was going to come. They had a relationship. That's what we were created for was relationship with God. Okay, so tonight we're going to compare. We're going to take the next few minutes, and we're going to compare uh, our relationship with God, with Jesus, and we're going to compare that to our relationships with people, okay? And yes, we're kind of talking romantic, uh, but it really, a lot of this stuff applies to any kind of a connection, any friendship, or whatever it may be, okay? A person especially, a person often enters a romantic relationship to get something from you, but Jesus enters a relationship with you to give something to you, okay? We're going to talk in a few minutes about what people might want to get from you, but, but, uh, Jesus wants to give us something, okay? And before we can get further into this, we have to talk about the definition of love, right? Valentine's Day is coming up. If you've been in the store, you can already see they've got like the whole aisle of little hearts with the, with the mystery candy, right? You don't know what you're getting in there. You might get the good one with caramel. You might get the toothpaste. You don't know. Um, you get that really gross one with the orange filling in there that's really nasty. Yeah, see, nobody likes Why do they put that? Anyways, I don't know why that one's in there. But we're coming up on the time of year where love is very, uh, very in front of us. It's very, very prevalent. And so uh, we're going to watch a little video here that summarizes a biblical definition of love. Don't you just love love? We love watching love stories unfold in movies. We love reading about love and probably vampires. We feel love from some people we love, like a grandparent. We also feel an absence of love from others who we used to love, like our ex. But one thing is true about everyone, we all hunger for love. But what exactly is love? L-O-V-E? The Bible describes love like this. Love is patient and kind. Love doesn't mind waiting a little longer and cutting someone some slack. Love lifts people up and gives generously in a self-centered culture. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Love accepts all, rejects none, and respects everyone. Love is quick to give way to another person. Love is not irritable like a whiny baby, which accurately describes what I look and sound like when I wake up. Most people can keep track in their heads of favors, slights, of who's winning the score and all of that. But love maintains a clean slate and the score is always you having one more point than me. In a world where marriage means less and less, true love never gives up, never loses faith even in the midst of the most difficult circumstances. Love always holds out hope in every situation. Love lasts forever. Now, doesn't that sound like something you want in your life? Well, good. It's available to you. Don't settle for anything less. Remember, love on earth isn't always perfect. Love gets a bad rap because people often love badly. So be someone who loves well. Be someone who loves without holding back. 
Become love in your circle of friends, in your school, at your job, even in your house. Be love wherever you go this week. Don't you just love love? Well, then love like it today. So most of those descriptors of love in that video come from 1 Corinthians 13, okay? We call this the love chapter uh, in, the, in the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And if you were to summarize all those descriptions of love into one word, you would say love is, I think the one word we would use is love is selfless, okay? Love is selfless. Anybody know who that guy is? So close. Twoo of, yeah. The Princess Bride, yes. Says. So uh, she was going to get there eventually. I know she was. It's a great movie. Uh, watch The Princess Bride. But here's the thing. True love is about making sure that the other person's needs and desires are above your own needs and desires. Okay, that is, you know, patience, kindness, not envious, not boastful, not proud, not dishonoring others, not self-seeking. These are all the scriptures out of 1 Corinthians 13. And all of them basically say, less of my desires, more of yours. Okay? But that's really hard to say. And, and I think, you know, we use the word love in not appropriate terms, and I do it a lot too. Um, I'm there too. So, like, imagine this. So, Ashton, imagine that Shadow came in one night with a new haircut. And it's like the best haircut. I mean, it's an amazing, which she's got a good haircut now. But imagine, but imagine she got like an, a, like an incredible haircut, like nothing you've ever seen. What would your first response probably be to say? I, right, say, so I love your haircut, right? But in reality, would you be willing to sacrifice your needs and desires for the needs and desires of her haircut? No, probably not. I do this too, right? I say I love the Seminoles. That's my football team. That's my college, right? I love the Dolphins, right? You might love Tech or A&M or UT or whatever, you know. We say what? Apps? Naps. Okay, that makes more sense. Yes. I love naps, right? We say we love things and we really mean that we like them. We like them a lot, and that's fair. But, but love in its most, uh, in the biblical definition, is about giving up of myself for the desires of, of somebody else. Now, we talked a minute ago, a few minutes ago, about how people enter a relationship to get something from you, okay? Uh, what are some things that people might want when they enter a relationship with you? Bragging rights. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm glad you said it, right? I got the cheerleader i you know i got the whatever i'm dating the, the 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 popular kid right what else might they want bragging rights is a good one <laughs> that's right a man that's why she's with trey x no i'm kidding i uh, know it's not um he's a has-been so he's not even qb1 anymore he's done what are some other things that people enter into romantic relationships for yes Popularity, yeah, absolutely. Yes. For money? Yeah, sometimes, right? Like, hey, man, she got that nice car, or he's got that nice car. She, he can take me on nice dates, and you know, yeah, absolutely. All right, somebody say it. We're all thinking it. Yeah. 
For love, okay, yeah. What were you going to say? For the physical aspect. For sex, okay, we're just going to say it, right? They'll enter into a romantic relationship, yes, for the physical uh, intimacy. That is absolutely true. But here's the thing, and all these things we just talked about, it's about what can I get, right? Even if you say, I want them to love me, that means I want them to put my desires first. That's still about selfishness, right? If we say, and we do all want to be loved, and it's natural to want a connection with a person. There's nothing wrong with wanting that connection. But when we enter into a relationship with the conscious or subconscious question of what can I get out of this, we've got it way backwards. See, Jesus, he came to give. His relationship with us is about giving. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, right? Right? Uh, John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends, to give up your life for your friend. Love in its truest expression is about giving. And Jesus comes into relationship with you and with me so that he can give to us, whereas most people come into relationship with us to get from us. Here's the second difference between uh, relationship with God and relationship with people. A person will try and change you for their benefit. God will try and change you for your benefit. Okay, be real, and you don't, have to, you don't have to say who, you don't have to say when, but raise your hand if you've ever thought, I would date that person if they would just change something. A few of y'all, several of y'all are honest. I've been there. Okay, good. The girls are honest. The guys are asleep. I don't know. Uh, none of the guys are responding here. Okay, right, and we want to change people for our benefit. Boy, if he just had a better job, then I'd date him. Boy, if he had more money, you know, boy, if he was more popular, whatever it may be, those things we just talked about in a minute ago, right, we want to change people for our benefit. But, and, and, and I'm not saying that a relationship shouldn't change you because in most, uh, when you give of your desires for somebody else's, that, that is a that, that will change. Those will become habits. I am fully anticipating. I'm not real happy about it. But I know that when Jen and I get married in October, I'm going to have to start eating vegetables like a grown-up. Because Jen likes to cook vegetables like a grown-up. And you all know me. I have the eating habits of an 8-year-old. It's pretty much drive through and microwave. Uh, that's pretty much 98% of my my calorie intake. And like candy bars, you know. So, but I know Jen, Jen cooks healthy, and so uh, I'm going to change my eating habits. Of course, hers are better than mine, so like, you know, it's benefit, but, but we change. And so, yes, sometimes we change, but for whose benefit, okay? Romans 12, 12 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So God says, when you're in relationship with me, you're going to be transformed. You're going to be changed, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So, yes, change is natural in a relationship, okay? But God wants us to change for our better. Just like Jen wants me to eat vegetables so I'll live longer. It's, you know, that's for my benefit too. But, but God wants us to change for our better. And if you want to know who the person is you're supposed to, who you'll end up with, you got to let God transform you first, and then that person will come into play, okay? So, so, so those are two things. First thing was 
was that people get in a relationship to get from you, but God gets into a relationship to give to you. Second thing, a person will try and change you for their benefit. God will try and change you for yours. And here's the third and final thing uh, in this, is that people care about you because of what you've done. Jesus loves you in spite of what you've done. Now, Ephesians 2, 4 and 5 says, Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Even when you or we were dead in our transgressions. So think about this. Uh, <laughs> this is like if, if you took a piece of roadkill. I was like, this is going to be my pet. It's dead. Right? Jesus, yeah, the Bible says we were dead spiritually in our transgressions, and that is when Jesus loved us. See, it's super easy to love a puppy when it's cute, right, and it's like young, and it's jumping around, and it's excited about everything. But just today I saw uh, a friend of ours, uh, some of you know them, um, had to uh, put down a dog they'd had for years, like 12 or like, a, you know, it was a pretty old dog, um, had to, you know, because she was old and she had cancer, and I mean, you know, she was, she was in a bad way. And it's one thing to love a puppy when they're cute and fun. It's another thing when your animal is old and sick and slowing down. And, and our dog that we had when I was growing up got like this. I had already moved out of the house, um, but like he had vertigo basically, um, which meant he, it was kind of funny. He couldn't really walk in a straight line for a while there. He would just kind of like walk and turn. Um, and it was, but it was kind of sad to watch because, like, I remembered him when he, was, when he was little, you know. And when Wes, I was in, I think, fourth or fifth grade when we got that dog. And so, um, you know, I watched him go from this young puppy who was fun and cute and would chase things and all stuff to, you know, he got old and he couldn't move as well. And, he, you know, he slept a lot more. And, and it's one thing to love somebody when they're alive. It's another one to love somebody when they're sick or, like the Bible says, when they're spiritually dead. Jesus' love for us is not dependent on our actions. And here's the problem. When we only love people because of what they do, they're eventually going to let you down. It's just a fact. If, you're, if you care about people and you only love somebody because of their actions, eventually something they're going to do something wrong, and they're going to do something that you don't like anymore, and, and it's going to become a thing where they're going to let you down. But, when, but Jesus loves us unconditionally. A love that is not dependent on actions can never be let down. Okay, so a love that that isn't dependent on did they do this, did they say this the right thing, it's never going to be let down because it's about giving. A person can't help but eventually let you down. Jesus simply cannot let you down. Now you might hear me, and and you know obviously uh, the 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 big kind of bulk of this message is about pointing out that Jesus loves us better than any human ever can. That's a fact. It just is what it is. But I am not saying don't ever be in a relationship with somebody, okay? You're not hearing that from me. I'm not saying you should never date, okay? In fact, the Bible uh, encourages us to marry. It says in Proverbs 18, 22, he who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord, okay? So the Bible isn't encouraging us to just be like hermits and, you know, never ever have a relationship with another human or nothing like that. Um, but, but here's the thing. It doesn't say a man who finds a girlfriend finds what is good and finds favor from the Lord because that's not the goal. 
Girlfriend is not the goal. Boyfriend is not the goal. Fiance isn't even the goal. Dating is a good thing when you've got husband and wife in the in the uh what's the what's the word? In the in the in the in the long term goal. Okay? You know, you just yesterday at first priority at Permian, um, a youth pastor named Gage spoke. He's from another church here in town. And he met his wife at Permian High School when they were 15. Like walking to Subway, you know, on lunch, he asked her to be his girlfriend. He told the story, right? And my buddy Brad and his wife, Aubrey, you guys have heard me talk about Brad quite a bit. Brad and Aubrey started dating uh, summer after our 10th grade year. They're now married with a two-year-old. Like, you know, they, that, 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 that does happen, okay? And I'm not saying it can't. But when we date somebody and we say, there's no way I would ever marry that person, but I'm going to date them anyways. That's, that is a waste of time. I heard it said like this, and I just saw this this morning. The timing was perfect. Uh, a guy named Jefferson Bethke, I saw this on Twitter. It said, dating without the goal of marriage is like going to the store with no money. You either leave unsatisfied or you take something that isn't yours. It's a good quote. Dating without the goal of marriage is like going to the store with no money. You either leave unsatisfied or you take something that isn't yours. And listen, guys, I hope, I pray that one day you guys will find someone who's going to love you like Jesus does. Okay? Y'all know me. You know I've been, I was single for a long time. Um, I was 27 when I started, 28 when I started dating Jen. Uh, <laughs> math not great there. Math not great. Uh, I was never good at math. So I was 28 when Jen and I started dating, and now, you know, I'll be 30 by the time we get married. But, um, and so I hope that you find that. I hope you do. But in between now and then, in between now and then, I encourage you guys to make sure that your focus is right because uh, when we focus on Jesus and our relationship with Him and that is our first priority, that is the top thing that we're paying attention to, then everything else will fall into its place at the correct time. And it's hard because we're impatient, and I am too. But here's, here's where we're going to close, and here's kind of the, the wrap-up. If you guys will close your eyes, I'm going to ask a question. I don't want anybody looking around. But if you would say, right now, I'm in a situation where I have put a relationship with a person in front of my relationship with Jesus. If that's you and you say, I need to, I, tonight I want to make that change. I want to reorder uh, my priorities. I want to put Jesus in front of this person who I've had this person first. If that's you, just raise your hand and put it back down. Nobody's looking around. I just want to offer you the opportunity tonight to say, you know what? I'm not putting that person first. I'm going to put Jesus first. Okay, I see it. You can put them down. Tonight, you have the opportunity to change that. Maybe you didn't raise your hand want somebody to see you didn't want me to see it that's fine but some of you know in your heart where you're at and the Holy Spirit is beginning to convict and say hey that's you the Holy Spirit doesn't condemn he he 
he corrects and coaxes us back to back to right relationship and so allow that to happen tonight I'm going to pray over you guys and and if you made that if you raised your hand or you didn't and you know tonight I need to to check my priorities and put put my Jesus relationship back in front of my human ones you just pray this internally in your spirit along with me Heavenly Father God I pray tonight Lord, that we would put you first. God, I don't have a lot of fancy words. I don't have a, any turns of phrases. I just, we want to put you first in our lives. God, ahead of our friends, ahead of boyfriends and girlfriends. Lord, because when we're not looking at those relationships through the prism of relationship with you, then those are out of focus and they're out of whack. And God, it's only you that can put those back into their correct place. And so I pray tonight that we would make the decisions to make you first. Whether it be reordering our schedule, putting our Bible prayer time first, maybe means starting a Bible and prayer time. Maybe it just means cutting down on the the times where we're on our phones and, and letting that that or those people that we connect with be a distraction. God, I pray that the choices that would be made tonight, Lord, that you would be put first in all of our lives, God. Lord, because we know that the rest of our, our existence will fall into place when that is the case. God, when you are first, everything else is in its right place. Lord, we give you control of our lives. God, we just, we just make you our top priority tonight, God. We thank you for loving us the way that you did, Lord, before we deserved it, before we had earned it, because we never can. God, when we were dead in our sins, still loved us. God, we're just so grateful for that and we recognize that. Lord, and I pray that you would just have your way in our lives. You would have your way in our hearts, in our minds, in our emotions, in our thoughts, in our actions, God. And in this church, in this body, in this youth group, Lord, in this city, just have your way. God, we love you and we thank you.